Welcome to the March edition of the Gate 15 interview. Last month, I had the opportunity to discuss the pandemic and security at facilities and venues, touching on the issues of convergence and blended threats just a little bit as we focus primarily on physical security. Today, I'm really grateful to be able to expound on some of those cybersecurity and blended threats with one of the most experienced and smartest people I know in this space as I get to speak with James Whalen. Jim, I think we've been working together in one way or another for maybe five years now, maybe a little before I had the chance to support an event you were helping with in San Diego back in around 2017, if I recall. Yeah, so it's I, great. It's great, really, to, great to be with you today, Andy. So, yeah. Well, thanks. I, I really appreciate you and your leadership. And, and so thanks for taking time out to do this. And for those who aren't in our day-to-day -day world, could you just take a few minutes and introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I got to just do a shout out uh, to you, Andy, and your team. Uh, you know, I I recognize uh, both of us are a little bit, uh, you know, like community building. And, um, you know, I just appreciate your efforts on behalf of the industry. I mean, really to collaborate. Yeah, I, I always just find you thoughtful with the obviously integrity and uh, with purpose. So, uh, but just coming back to my bio, you know, I, I'm, I'm, um, I serve as senior vice president and chief information technology officer at Boston Properties. I think I'm entering my 23rd or 24th year here. So I've been really, I mean, we're a 50 year old company, but I've been uh, here really on the journey as a public company. And, um, you know, it's, it's just been a journey. It, it, I just find that the role very exciting, uh, very, you know, we, we view technology and our infrastructure, you know, as facilitators of our business. Uh, you know, we operate really at the top tier, the top tier of the market. So pretty exciting. And then probably, you know, putting on my cyber hat, um, you know, I serve uh, on the executive committee of the Real Estate Cyber Consortium, the RECC. Uh, we'll I know we'll talk a little bit about that later, but I'm also, you know, on the leadership board of the Commercial Facilities Cyber Working Group, which uh, you and I have been also partnered on um, uh, with the REI SAC and uh, the team at InfoGuard. So again, uh, wear a lot of hats, love the, love the space, love the community, and um, you know, looking forward to the conversation today. Well, appreciate that. Thanks for the background. Yeah, it's remarkable how fast those years go. Right? You're talking about 23 or 24 years. It's, it's amazing, but thanks for the kind words. And we do get to touch on a lot of different areas. I think we've both been really trying to figure out how we can help grow this space and bring the right people together to help think about preparedness and security and resilience. And again, thanks for being such a champion of that. I think you've been doing that longer than me. And it's great fun to be able to connect to these different adventures and hopefully we get others excited and motivated and get them on board. But before we talk about all those really serious things, as spring moves in, we should talk about maybe something even more serious, right? We both appreciate the joys of cycling, uh, though I think you've been getting logging a lot more miles than me the last couple of years, maybe. How's your cycling been through this pandemic and any exciting plans as things are starting to warm up? Yeah, very excited about spring. As, as I know you are, you're a little bit further south than I am, so it's a little more <laughs> delayed up here. But um, I just love being back in the saddle. Uh, you know, I live in Beacon Hill in Boston, and I was out before sunrise this morning, Andy, and did a river ride up the Charles, which is a very traditional morning ride for me. And um, but if I look back at 2020, um, you know, I call it the year of my COVID miles because you know, just from work from home, I, I literally doubled my road miles last year, oh. and I don't think I'll. Ever repeat that ever, but it will be it will be a way of me remembering that year. So, <laughs> you know, I, I was just reading how a lot of people really struggled to not put on weight this last year, and it was from pretty alarming numbers. So, I think it's awesome that you're able to go the other way and stay fit and get that you know record breaking year. And I'll tell you, Jim, next time I make it up to Boston and maybe need you as a tour guide, I think I told you once before I was up there for a workshop. Now, probably two three years ago, I might be the only person that running with a river on my left side still managed to get lost turning around and coming back <laughs> home. And 
I ended up in some car dealership in the middle of Boston. Yeah, I was like, that, where, that, where have I gone? So my my planned four mile run ended up being like seven and a half by the time I figured out how to get back to uh, very <laughs> to easy, to, very easy to do in, in Boston, Andy. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And again, you know, it's, it's a great accomplishment to get those miles in this year. But but talking back to more serious things, you mentioned you know 23, 24 years. You've been in this industry for a long time. You've been, you've been you know working hard to to be a champion for change, and you seem to go through a lot of changes. So can you talk a little bit about what has been happening in the buildings facilities that we you know, often take for granted and how technology has had such a huge part of facilities now? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great, you know, it's probably a great place to start, Andy. I mean, if I look back over the last decade, I, I think about things in decades, right? And, you know, we've witnessed just this acceleration of technology adoption really across the whole fabric, the spectrum of commercial real estate. So, you know, you think about it in different ways. You know, the first I think about it just like on a pure technology level, and it's been like a math game, right? So you have more and more devices that are are simply IP enabled, like internet protocol. Uh, so that means they're visible, they're addressable, they're, they're you know, potentially, comp, you know, ability to be compromised. So when you think about systems um, and the evolution of systems, you've got like HVAC systems that now like downstream controllers are IP enabled. And that creates a 10X, a 20X, a 50X uh, multiplier um, on, on certain deployments of that technology. When you're, you know, you look at an outdoor lighting system, that outdoor lighting system might have 40 IP endpoints on it. I mean, just incredible um, just growth in just addressable devices. So uh, obviously not every uh, device is equal and it's, it's profile, uh, but just the attack service is just only increasing by just given the math, right? And then the second component is really just the layers of technology being integrated or embedded into the design of our buildings. It's kind of this focus either on the concept of smart building, um, you know, I, 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 for example, like lately in the last four months, I've spent a lot of time on indoor air quality technology, right? That's going to be another driver of, of the types of technology you bring in. Um, and again, all of it being in, uh, enabled uh, for, the, for the benefit of our occupants and our guests into, in, in the case of office buildings or, or retail locations or, or, or the different types of commercial real estate. So just another layer. And then the third is really this level of just integration across systems, between systems, and the facilitation of the engagement and interaction um, you know, of our occupants and guests with services and amenities, right? So I want to have a mobile app. I want to be able to, to interact with whether I would need to reserve a room or engage with food service or, um, you know, just get through a turnstile, right? I want to use uh, this mobile engagement. And um, you, so you think about just from the, even an access control system, you know, it has to talk to a destination elevator system. It may have to talk to your camera surveillance system. It may have to talk to your, how you process your visitors and move, you know, people through secure entry points and, and in, in a building. And then, you know, by the way, I want to put your, your, your credential on your phone and mobilize it, right? So that dynamic is not slowing down and is really in a, in a, in a clear, clear sweet spot right now uh, in terms of attention and just adoption. And then lastly, I think about like, you know, just let, let's throw, Andy, let's just throw the cloud into the mix. Let's have some fun yeah. and, you know, <laughs> one, throw one that in, you know? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so now like property system are being, are cloud hosted. I mean, parking solutions are completely cloud hosted uh, in interacting with the controllers at the gates and things like that and or access control or um, elevated data analytics. So from a you know facility system, I look at you know every facility system uh, you know is, is its own network, 
right? It, I mean, you just think about the connectivity that needs to happen to enable an HVAC building management system, or access control, a camera network, a lighting network, whatever it might be. And it is, it is a network in itself and how you, how you think about it, right? So uh, it's just a challenging and increasing complex environment to, to manage it. Again, you're coming back to the, to the security um, security perspective on it, so. Yeah, I know you, you're, I mean, right, it's a network and it's networks upon networks, right? So we walk into mm -hmm. these, what still look like dumb brick and mortar buildings, right? Some are much more fancy than just a brick and mortar building, but, but that's what that's people you know, still think about and they walk in, but in reality, there's so much going on, right? So from our smart watches, you mentioned smart lights, we hear a lot about smart cities. You know, there's so many things you talked about, but you know, just, just hearing what you just shared, how does that, how's the concept of smart building play into your thinking? Yeah, so so first, first, I, you know, I would argue that we don't have smart buildings, Andy, right? So I, I'd rather, I'd ra I'd, but I'd rather say that we have buildings with smart technology, but not necessarily smart, smart buildings. So you can define a smart building in lots of different ways, that, how you define it. Like one way might be, you know, I want it to be completely self-tuning, like based on all the data points in the, in the, in the building or a facility, you're self-tuning and it's ado adopting, it's uh, adapting itself uh, to changing, you know, changing conditions, whether it be outside, indoor, whatever, right? Um, and I think we're like in the first or second inning of that journey. I mean, very early, you know, using a baseball reference here, but there are just underlying uh, kind of enabling technologies when you think about the cloud data at scale, analytics at scale, you know, that are, I think we're gonna see dramatic advances in the coming decade. Again, thinking about a new decade ahead here. And, uh, you know, just from a, a cyber perspective, um, you know, the, those advancing technologies, the concept of a smart building, you know, will be a challenge and a journey for our security teams, you know, literally across the, the for both our, you know, our, our you know, providers or solution providers, as well as our, our, our security teams uh, to manage. So that's a great way to look at it. You know, sort of the, I appreciate your long view on all these things and, you know, with, with those increasing innings and, and more connected, uh, you know, technologies, more endpoints, we'll come into the whole threat piece here in just a moment. I think that, that opens up a whole new sets of, of attack surfaces and, and trouble for us potentially. But before we get into that, I just want to sort of Get your get your thoughts here. You know, with the recent security incident at the water facility in Florida, that got a lot of attention. Right, Congress has talked about it. it's been in the news, and you know we talk about water. And it's kind of you know, it's, it's sort of a game changer mentally for a lot of folks thinking about you know those critical lifelines. But um, there's been a lot more tension and discussion with that on IT and OT. And so, from a risk perspective, how do you think about your IT versus OT assets when we talk about operational technology? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great again another good question. I, I mean, I, I look, you know, I, I, I mean, it's just amazing, Andy. I mean, I, over the last two years, like the acceptance of the term OT, you know, it's like the part of the vocabulary now, right? It's just like part of the community vocabulary. So it's like almost a whole, you know, whole de a whole term uh, in defining this category that really is focused on like machine to machine assets. I mean, kind of communication, uh, but it's again, it's become dominant. So I, I tend to be a bit, a little bit of a contrarian here when I think about um, IT and OT operational technology assets. You know, I, I like to keep things simple, consistent, have an integrated approach to 
how we, you know, how, how, how you think about it. So I take a holistic approach. Um, you know, we, you know, I, I would think about uh, applying, you know, we, we, had, uh, we very much aligned to the NIST framework and you think about applying that framework to both sets of assets, right? So you, you and typically in companies, you have mature, you know, controls and practices, you know, that are focused on your, you know, enterprise IT assets, like your desktop and your laptop, things like that. So the journey to take this, you know, very mature uh, set of practices and controls and drive that discipline into I, into the OT side is kind of a continuous journey, right? We, we're on a journey around that. Um, and, and all the layered protections and tools that we build for the enterprise, it's a process of applying that across that, that spectrum of OT. Uh, and that's, you know, that's exactly the way I kind of, I think about it. I don't think about them as separate. There might be some nuances. There are, clear, are there actually clear nu nuances between the two. Um, but the, the approach and how you think about it and um, is, is the same. And, um, you know, we, you know, I, again, I, I think approaching it in an integrated fashion, aligned to a framework, understanding those nuances is, is kind of, it just keeps, keeps a focus and a level of accountability across that. So, so, you know, the, the other aspect of this is, um, you know, I, I think also about the supply chain, um, you know, you think about our, our manufacturers, uh, people who integrate and inst install facility systems, the vendors that, that, you know, support and maintain these systems. And it's a very fragmented space. And I, I would even say inside our, and inside our companies across commercial real estate, um, you know, construction, property management, even the IT disciplines, you know, we need a, a full supply chain where, uh, you know, we're responsive. It's an integrated approach. It elevates, it continually elevates the game on security. And I, again, I think that's, uh, I think there's just so much work that positive work that's been done in the last uh, three to five to six years. And it's a continuing journey. And there's just a lot of really good energy, a lot of good depth um, being built in the, in the space. It could be a lot more, but a lot, a lot of, you know, again, a lot of good energy and, and work going on right now. So. Yeah, I really like that. You know I mean? I always try and keep things simple because I'm a pretty simple person, right? So while there are differences to appreciate and being able to apply those same best practices and models and good hygiene, and across your organization, I think is, is a great way to you know, sort of keep things common and, and, and ways we can approach it in a, in a smart manner. But you talked about, you know, the supply chain, that's a vulnerability, right? All these new devices and technologies and vendors, there's vulnerabilities, right? So with all that tech, all those endpoints, those smart, maybe not so smart technologies and buildings that you talked about, we've got a whole lot of new attack surfaces and with that new and evolving threat. So when we talk about facilities in the 2020s, security is a lot more than just gates, guards, and guns, you know, as, as we used to say for many years, protecting the outside and inside the people inside the buildings. But mm -hmm. what are threats that you're looking at? And what does facility security mean from your perch as, as a leader? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, it generally right now, you know, the threats to IT and OT assets, you know, um, where, you know, one might compromise your enterprise as opposed to a facility, you know, have, have had relatively common themes uh, right now. You know, I, I would say ransomware that's obviously focused on financial gain, uh, again, tries to leverage an, op, uh, you know, an opp opportunistic kind of compromise. You know, you have, uh, you know, a, a person who click, you know, inadvertently clicks on a link and how, you know, how that might occur. You have a maintenance tech that might come in, you know, who their firm may have weak 
security practices they bring a compromised usb stick in you know that that has happened in the industry right that's um you know or a poorly kind of configured or maintained device you know it, it's there, there's kind of basic you know basic kind of attack vectors there you know here um in terms of what what and it's again trying to find an asset that's weak and then and then leverage it for um you know, for uh, for for ransom, basically, right? So that's that's clearly one that is a th thematic. Um, that's a, that a I think is a broad one that 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 touches both of them. Um, and then on the on the enterprise side, the compromise of financial processes is obviously prominent, uh, getting us to you know basically a fraud event that you know will reap um, financial reward. Um, and that you know that's that's again been around a while, con continues to be prominent. Um, but then obviously you know ones that we probably haven't seen as much is really you know the the moving up the curve that really you know uses a facility for a specific you know to compromise it, um, take down, um, affect its occupancy, affect maybe a company that's operating within the facility. Um, I mean those are clearly you know op you know. Threats that you have to be mindful of and 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 uh, guard against, um, and that and that really one of the one of the main things that you kind of focus on as a as a, a company, you know, companies that operate in commercial real estate. And then I, you know, if I move on, Andy, I, I you know, the one that just come out of left field is the supply chain, uh, you know, compromise and uh, you know the the the, the revelations with um, solar winds. Um, and the compromise of a, a product, a partner that provides a solution to you that you trust, uh, and uh, you know their their product or solution has been compromised in a way that really provides entry into your environment, and uh, that that I think is a wake up call for the entire industry. Um, and I, I also think using baseball analogy, you know, there's we're not we haven't seen all the reper repercussions or revelations that have come out of that. Um, that compromise, uh, and we're going to see others paying attention to their code base and figuring out where they have weaknesses in their, you know, potentially in their code stack to, you know, that uh, they're, they're supplying to customers. And so, um, again, I, I, I look at the landscape and it, uh, obviously there's traditional to new to, um, you know, imagine, not imagine, but ones that you have to think about uh, that, that, uh, that, you, that, you, that you build your program around, right? So... And there's a lot in that that you just shared. I mean, there's there's so many threats, right? I mean, the FBI just put out their 2020 cybercrime report, and the, the numbers are, I mean, they're they're, they're mind-boggling, right? You talk about the business email compromise, those fraud threats. I mean, in, in the billions of dollars, you talk about you know, sort of traditional ransomware threats, and a couple of good reports just this month from Palo Alto Networks, from Group IB, just putting some numbers on those threats, and it's I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, right? We just yeah. saw. Yes, it, and it's really in the last ten years. All this, I mean, this, I mean, the, the rise of all this activity. Really, you can even point to like 2010, 2011. You know, with the rise of automated, you know, automated software that allowed you know threat actors to automate their their attacks. Um, and the rise of those, uh, and 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 we've just been on this journey for the last ten years. And I just think about the amount of money and expense. Uh, that has actually been built. I mean, a, an entire industry has built been built up, um, uh, and the and the broadness of what the what that investment has has looked like. You know, broadly, yeah. it's just it's just an amazing ten years. So it really has been. And then just I mean, just at the end of last year, sorry, this year, you mentioned 
solar winds and with the Microsoft Exchange issues going on right now, I mean, mm -hmm. really significant you know, compromises that, that do talk to that supply chain and just the incredible complexity of all of that as we look at all these different vendors and solutions. But you know, I want to take it to, to sort of kind of looking at the threats that could be a little bit. A lot of the things we do at Gate 15, you know, we, we focus on sort of understanding the threats, assessing the risks, and then taking action as we try and sort of appreciate the threats we're seeing in the environment today, but also look forward to sort of where are these things going? How are they evolving? What, what do you have to sort of prepare for us? So we're not, you know, in military jargon fighting, you know, yesterday's war, but we're looking to what's coming next. And so when it comes to ransomware, there's been a lot of time trying to think through, you know, how can they affect facilities? What are the things we could do that rather than just hold, you know, the, the data ransom, you know, could we compromise a building? Could we, you know, compromise elevator systems or security systems? Uh, you know, there's, there's a great story of, of, uh, of an adversary, you know, cranking up the temperature at a facility, right? The different ways that the bad guys can sort of get into our networks and, and cause trouble that could mm -hmm. really be difficult for us, whether it's a retail facility or an office building, or any number, you know, sports stadium. Where's your head as far as your know, potential for ransomware in the sector and, and the ways it can Yeah, control? yeah. Well, uh, you know, you know, one of the nice things about the inherent design of many of these systems is they do have, you know, um, manual the ability to over manually override. You you do have the ability to continue to operating if you if you're you know your head end uh, head end quote you know server or control location is compromised in one way so so i know um you know we when we think about it but but you know that is changing you know so as you know i talked about earlier you know andy when i talked about these controllers and the iping of you know internet protocol in the controllers and these controllers having more being soft more software driven the complexity of the soft you know so these 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 traditional designs um, you, you may be, you know, as they advance, be losing some of that failsafe that was built, you know, that was inherently built in. So, so you know, even in thinking about like tabletops exercises and thinking about these, you know, these assets that you have, you know, many, uh, there, there are protections in place and how they're traditionally uh, configured and designed, which is really maybe a testament it was probably more for not about cyber when they were built and designed that way it's yeah. more about failure of components uh but they play they play very importantly in the cyber protection and and, and the ability for for a facility to respond so yeah that's, that's a great point hopefully we maintain some of that um you know security as we move forward but right? sometimes we get smarter we do lose some of the um traditional things that were in place that allowed us to be more resilient and hopefully we, we maintain that moving forward in the new yeah yeah i mean that's that, that but it's a really good i mean it's a i think it's just a great they, they're just again for different reasons and how do we how do we maintain some of those uh that ability to be resilient in the design right so absolutely well we're talking we're talking technology we're talking threats but uh we, we've also done a lot sort of talk about how we get better right how, how we get around uh, the bad guys tactics and how we become more resilient as a community. We connected initially, I think, through the Real Estate Information Sharing Analysis Organization, REISAC, and you mentioned the REC and some other initiatives we've been involved with. You've been a champion of building closer communities in the space of commercial real estate and cybersecurity. Can you talk about some of these organizations, the communities, initiatives, and why you're such a champion for information sharing and collaboration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, coming back to that community building Thing we neither of us can get off right <laughs> so um but you know you know i look at it um you know let's just talk about why we do this right so i i i, I don't think just given the complexity and 
the broadness of the threat landscape that, you know, we can navigate um, this alone. I just, I, you know, I fundamentally believe that you learn from others. Uh, so it's really about, I guess, I guess maybe the first point is like, it's an influence model. So the more people you have in the room that you can influence, um, you know, your supply chain, uh, that's a good thing. I can't, you know, one, one voice is, uh, many voices are much larger than one voice, right? So, uh, and then the ability to share best practices and learn from one another. I just, I don't want to have to have to figure out and reinvent or figure out a new process, um, you know, when I can get there uh, quicker by learning from others. And, 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 uh, and I think that's, that's a, a clear benefit. And then, um, you know, lastly, I just, again, I think it's about understanding threats. And one of the things that you do so well in, in the platform um, is really just understanding the threats as they happen in real time, more near, near real time, right? So, so again, we can understand how we can be responsive um, and react um, even before potentially a threat meets, it comes to our door, right? And, and being prepared around that. So how do we partner and collaborate as a community is I think really important. So I mentioned two um, organizations at the beginning. Um, you know, so the first is the Real Estate Cyber Consortium, the RECC. We've been five years in the making um, and we you know, built this on the Realcom platform. Uh, you know, kind of an incubator of, of the group. And we have about over 20 uh, very large uh, operators of real estate, both on the corporate side, as well as, you know, kind of the landlord site, landlord side, side that is only focused on facility systems and uh, is really involved in, you know, sharing best practices, but more importantly, or as importantly, uh, influencing the industry, as I talked about that fragmented supply chain, Andy, right? So, so just as milestones, you know, the last couple of months, we just, we just incorporated, um, which is, which is a formal legal process. We're in the process of, you know, hiring a executive director, you know, there's some milestones. We've done some really great work, um, and recognizing this next chapter is we're going to be elevating our game. Uh, so really pretty exciting what's going on there. And then you and I are very close to, um, the, the commercial facility cyber working group, um, you know, that partners with the real estate, you know, uh, ISAC. And I, I think, you know, from my, you know, my interest here is we don't really have a good forum uh, for, again, that, that secure and trusted sharing. So I, the, the things that really appeal to me in, in, in really contributing my time and helping, um, you know, build, build this, this community is really uh, the ability to use the InfoGuard uh, trusted platform to really create that vibrant platform for sharing. I mean, there's a number of industries that you know about, you know, that have achieved that. And how, why can't we do that for commercial real estate? And I do see kind of the stars aligned with um, the platform um, and, you know, the focus uh, to, to achieve that. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a journey that we're on, the, on, on there, right? So... I think it's really exciting. The milestones you talked about are really exciting. And just, and I've seen you, you go through some of this process, you know, from where I get to sit. And it's, it's so important when you talk about that supply chain, you're having a, a means where you can bring together those stakeholders, those vendors, those owners and operators, those security leaders, and talk through those issues and think through it together. Because you're right, I mean, on my own, I can identify something, I can try and mitigate something, I can try and manage my own problem, but we're so interdependent on one another that really we, we can't be successful in isolation. So having those those means to bring all those stakeholders together, I think it's awesome. It's really exciting. And congratulations to you and the rec yeah. team for getting where it, you are. Go ahead. 
yeah, and there's and there's just you know there's companies of all size across the you know across the spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, in operating commercial facilities, so really helping the smaller to midsize that may may not be able to have larger teams to the large companies, really large companies that have bigger teams, and you know how do we, again how do we how do we as an industry deal with just again elevating uh, the attention awareness practices? Um, so you know again as an industry we're in a better better place so. Absolutely. And, and, and you mentioned too, and we should, we should say with, you know, some of the work with, with InfraGuard, you know, a partner program with, with the FBI, um, the FBI is working really hard to, to help, you know, champion some of these uh, information sharing opportunities, you know, within different sectors. And, you know, I get to sit on the board for the InfraGuard National Capital Region chapter, and we've got fantastic partners at the FBI there, and we've been able to start, start similar communities on other sectors. And, and it's just great to see that, right? People really want to come together share those insights, threats, best practices, indicators, and other information we can use to hopefully get ahead of the threat or at least try and keep pace with it so we can protect our facilities, our people, our operations. And I think it's great. And again, thank you for being a champion you know, in that field. It's, it's really great. And we'll share links uh, in the blog post accompanies this podcast for some of the things that Jim mentioned for the REC, for InfraGarden, and different ways you can potentially get involved or find out more about some of the things we've discussed today. So thank you for that, Jim. You, you've got a whole lot of perspective. I know we could probably, you know, set aside two hours and really dive into the weeds on some of this some more, but we'll say that may for a follow-on or for another discussion, but it's been great to speak with you and to hear from you and just to you know, better understand how you're looking at things, some of the challenges in this environment. Before we wrap up, you know, open floor, anything you'd like to share about what you're doing professionally or any personal excitement you'd like to share before we go? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, again, I, 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 I've been, uh, I have a lot of things going on right now, a lot of balls in the air. So, uh, as I typically do, but, um, you know, professionally I've been just very involved in a number of like very strategic technology initiatives. So we're, we're focused on occupant and guest engagement platforms. Again, that mobile thing I talked about in the mobile engagement that we talked about earlier, uh, indoor air quality. And I never thought I would know as much as I do Andy about indoor air quality and this technology than I do now, but I didn't like, back when COVID started that I would know about thermal cameras and temperature That's reading, right. you know, That's so, right. <laughs> you know, it's been this like very interesting, you know, deep dives into some very interesting and it, and, it, and both, you know, both those examples, you know, they affect your personal life too. I mean, how do you think right. about your home and how do you think about, I mean, it's just an incredible awareness and, um, right. and then, and then also access control. So there's lots of good, I just have, I'm very involved in a number of, um, initiatives and in how we think about our platform, how we how we solve um, the technical process, people um, uh, challenges or opportunities. More more about opportunities and how we service our customers um, and, and and you know how we deliver services. And then you know clearly on the personal side, I am just excited to the return to more normalcy. So I I want social interaction in space. I want to return to work. I want to eat out. Um, yes. you know, I'm a practical optimist as you know, you, you know, I, I think you are too. And, uh, you know, I just see a quickening pace here, um, to the return of normal, this some normalcy, uh, this year, unless we're throwing a curveball and I'm just so excited to, to be able to, to, to get to a better place there. So I'm, I'm understand with you. My wife got her first uh, vaccine shot yesterday, actually, and she gets her follow on here in a, in about a month. And it's just, it's just exciting every day. I feel like somebody I know is, is moving forward on that timeline and, you know, we're getting closer and hopefully ahead of you know the variants and the threats and just the idea of normalcy and you know walking around and visiting and enjoying all the great things we have you know here around us uh, is is really encouraging. So with warmer weather and exciting horizons, you know thanks for all that you're doing, Jim. It really is an exciting time both 
with respect to the coronavirus and the technology and all the great things that you're a part of and helping to lead. So thanks for taking time out to talk and share with me today and for all that you do. I know you probably get pestered by me more than uh, you need to and more, more, more than I should probably no, no, do No, that. no, no. You're, <laughs> you're, always, you're always very, very, anyway, very conscious about it. So it's all good, Andy. So. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. And again, we'll share links. You can find out more if you're listening about some of the things that Jim discussed today. And you know, thanks to all of you that are listening. The Gate 15 interview it is my monthly interview with amazing guests and leaders like Jim and others uh, that have been on board before. And it's our chance to talk about some of the issues in homeless security risk management that we're facing in this all hazards threat environment. So uh, please check out our other podcasts but on the same channel that you're listening to this interview. We've got the Risk Roundtable, our monthly Gate 15 discussion where we explore the all hazards threats and risks impacting the United States and around the world. We've got Jennifer Lynn Walker, a cybersecurity evangelist, a cybersecurity focused discussion with Jen and invited guests. And then we have Dave Pounder's Nerd Out Security Panel discussion with a really all-star group of uh, focusing on physical security topics, including terrorism, extremism, hostile events, and other pertinent topics. So you can subscribe, listen, yell at us, do whatever you want to do, but really appreciate you taking time to listen. And Jim, just one more time, thanks so much for taking time out to share with us today. Uh, you're a great guest, you're a great leader, and really appreciate all that you do you know, for our environment. So yeah, thank pre you very much. Pre appreciate the conversation today. And again, I'll come back, appreciate what you do for the industry. So. Thanks, Tim. It's a good place to end it. So we'll end it right there. Thanks so much.